Welcome to another episode of Pro Wrestling for Life, everyone. I'm your host, two-time WWE Hall of Famer, X-Pac. Also joining me right now is my co-host, Nick Houseman from Wrestling Inc. Hello, Nick. Hi, Sean. Very good to see you, man. I'm so stoked about the show today because we always get to record this after we've done all the segments that are going to be on mm-hmm. the show. And I know what people are in for today, and I'm, I'm, ver- I'm really excited to, to let this one out onto the world, man. Yeah, yeah. It turned out to be a nice little uh, mixed bag yeah. of treats. <laughs> little potpourri here. Yeah, for yeah. sure. There's some delicious little mm, yummy snacks to chew on here. Yeah, man. Uh, so today on the show, uh, and just a little bit after we talk some news here at the top, you're going to hear uh, Sean and I's conversation with 20-year WWE veteran referee Jimmy Corderas in the house here today. Love this conversation. Uh, also, later on, you're going to hear from Cultaholics. Tom Campbell, who's going to be talking to Sean about his WWF championship match against The Rock from the 1998 WWF Capital Carnage pay-per-view, which a lot of fans in the States, you know, which we kind of get in there when you guys start talking, may not know as much about as much as it was made a really big deal over in the UK, what you guys did there in 98, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, it was a fun talk. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And, and for the- took, took a few little turns and got back on track but you know that's that's how i do it that's fine it's a good one uh (laughs) we're gonna wrap the show up we got my latest uh game show with sean and as a special treat the cherry on the top of the sunday here today uh the one and only giancarlo didimo is going to be taking on sean waltman in the latest game of course a lot of fans know giancarlo for his work at gcw but he also worked at wwe he did the Liv morgan doc he did the tom mcgee doc very buzzy. He's only been on the market for two weeks. We're going to talk to him a, just a little bit about what's going on in his life right now, and then we're going to play some games. So a real variety here today, Sean. I, I, you know, I just, I was under the assumption, I don't know why, that it was pronounced Ditamo. It's Ditamo. not, huh? it's Didamo, huh? I think it's, I mean, I didn't ask him, and I'm pretty sure I said it in the interview. I, you're probably right. Giancarlo took me forever to be fair to get right. Like I got his name wrong for a long time, but I, I you know, I got to put some respect on that name. So I know at least his first name correctly, yeah. you know? So, yeah, I think you're right. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. And Hey, before we get into the news here, I just want to let everybody know if you go to the pro wrestling for life, a uh, pro wrestling tea store right now, we have a brand new Sapphire blue shirt. It is lightning kid, ACD inspired pro wrestling for life shirt. This thing looks dope. You're going to have one soon. I'm going to have one. Marsh is going to have one. And you should go get one, too. Beautiful shirt of all the podcast shirts I've ever done. I think this is my absolute favorite. So I would definitely recommend you go check that out. And then over on the Patreon this week, not only do you get the ad-free uh, version of the show early, so thank you for everyone who is a Patreon and you know watching us right now a day early, you're also going to get a watch-along that Sean and I are going to do, uh, watching back Six versus Eddie Guerrero, the ladder match from WCW sold out, and... Uh, Jimmy Cordero stuck stuck around for a little bit longer. Uh, The editor for the show, the guy who's watching this right now, putting it together, Marsh, Ref Marsh. He's an indie ref. We gave him 10, 15 minutes to pick Jimmy's brain about the art of refereeing. So you can check all that over on the Patreon. And we got a new shirt as well. All right. News you can use. News to leave a bruise. Sean, it was a big week for wrestling news. I'm not kidding you when I say Wrestling Inc. did more traffic this week than I have seen in months. And what happened was... Out of nowhere, WWE decided to release Braun Strowman, Aleister Black, Lana, 
Ruby Riot, Buddy Murphy, and Santana Garrett. Uh, what's your reaction to WWE letting all these big name talents onto the market all at once? Well, I mean, some of them are bigger name than others. Sure, fair. Who you know, would you say is the biggest name of that? Obvious, I think Ron Strowman. He was the you know he was the champion. He was in like a, one of the main events of WrestleMania last year. Sure, yeah, hundred um, percent. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a surprise, but it's not a shock. It's not a shock. Not nothing like that shocks me when it comes to them. Yeah, you know. Um, and yeah, people are t- people are you know speculating as to why and right and that. But um, yeah, dude, it was. Yeah, I was. A lot of people are talking. That's for sure. You're wondering why. Yeah, well, the why, yeah, well, before we get to some, I want to pick your brain a little bit about a couple of these talents and where you could see them maybe going, but the why, like, there's a lot of people that say the why is because WWE could be sold outright by Vince and the company right now to somebody else. This is a chance for them to kind of, you know, strip away some of the finances to make it more appealing to somebody who could possibly buy the company. Do you think that Vince would ever sell WWE in his lifetime? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I don't know that he's, I don't know that he's ready to do so yet. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, eventually, I just, I think, yeah. You know, like, uh, might want to cash out. I mean, there could be, like, you know, eh, I'll sell, but I'll still keep, like, you know, some kind of, uh, you know, uh, where he'll still have some say-so over the company. I think, I don't know. Did, didn't something like that happen when, when AOL bought to, uh, Turner Broadcasting? Um, didn't, didn't, keep, didn't Ted Turner get still a little bit of, uh, well, the one keep for, a little bit of a stroke. Yeah. The one for me that I would directly compare would be like the UFC buyout. Cause UFC got sold right to, uh, the, yeah. the, 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 the agency, the talent agency. Yeah. And they kept Dana white on, right? Like they, Dana white, not only, uh, made a bunch of money from selling the company, but he also got retained is like the president leader and he's making money on top of that each year. For yeah. continuing to run the company, I mean, I could see, I guess. Oh, something- Daniel was part of Semaphore, Semaphore Entertainment. Like that was that group, like Art Davies and them. Yeah, know? exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I could see Vince maybe sticking around if he could be like some kind of figurehead kind of person to keep the day to day going on with the company after doing a buyout. Maybe. Yeah, but I think it's just as likely they're just trying to get the bottom line uh, as best as best that they can get it looking for. Uh, you know, for their shareholders, Nick. Sure. Yeah. Well, and, and because, you know, bottom line or not, there's some talents out there right now. And a lot of people wondering, you know, where these people are going to want to go. Uh, not everybody can go to AEW or can all uh, of these people go to AEW? What, what, is, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, they can. Yeah, they can, I guess, you know, uh, I don't know if AEW wants them all. And it's just, I don't know. I, you know the landscape of the, the industry right now is interesting. Like, um, I don't know, Nick. Like, there's, I mean, like, like I don't. Obviously, uh, well, Andrade wasn't in this recent uh, no list of, of people released, but like, um, you know, I just can't imagine Strowman or Aleister Black having a hard time uh, figuring out what they want. You know. I mean, they might have a hard time deciding, but there's plenty of opportunities. I think. Do you? Would you be a fan of watching Lana go be with Miro? Do you think you'd put that? Would that be a no-brainer to you to put that that act together? Sure, why not? 
right? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's a little different now, right? Because, I mean, he's not the, the Bulgarian brute like he used to be. Like that whole monster, like, you know, it's just that he's he has a different vibe now. You know, yeah, well, but, well, you look at you. I mean, when you left WWF initially, you know the one, two, three kid stuff, and got to go be X Pac. Yeah, you know, over over in WCW, you got a chance to give yourself a whole new coat of paint, and yeah. that coat of paint kind of that be that became you. Like I think that you know what we saw with X Pac when you came back was kind of an extension of what you you created over there with Six, right? Yes. Oh yeah, for sure. This is yeah. the same, basically yeah. the same. Yeah. Growing up, cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid. But I had to give it up because I realized it was full of sugar and junk that you really shouldn't eat. Yeah, totally. I mean, and Sean, like, you're a high-level athlete. I mean, I'm sure you, like, want to enjoy cereal, but, like, you don't want to put, you know, all that sugar and stuff into your system, right? Yeah. And, like, right these days, Nick, um, I'm really conscious about what I put in my body as far as food and everything. Uh, and, um, like, I try to – I try to um, I try to eat like a uh, paleo or kind of a keto-ish type of diet, you know, not real, not like super strict, but like I'm, I'm just really mindful of it. And uh, man, this magic spoon, man, <laughs> I'm freaking, I'm in heaven with this stuff, man. I, I know you are. Like, that's the thing is you told me, cause like we got this a couple days ago. You told me that you got the magic spoon and then you enjoyed it, and then yes. it, was, it like disappeared. Is that what you? Yeah, did? like I literally just a couple minutes ago, I had to go upstairs and get this from where I hid it for my <laughs> wife. I had to hide because my wife's just like me. She she tries to watch what she eats, and you know, yeah. similar uh, similar diet to mine. And okay. uh, I came up, and all my magic, just about all my magic spoon was gone. Yeah, dude. Well, yeah, there was some serious heat in the household over that. <laughs> well i don't i mean we want to tell our sponsor great sponsor magic spoon yeah we love the product it won't ruin your relationship i don't know if we can say that is like a health anecdote but it, it shouldn't i mean you know but yeah i mean this is this is really good stuff i mean great flavors at zero grams of sugar 13 to 14 grams of protein uh only four net grams of carbs in each serving and yeah. only 140 calories a serving that's really good sean for Considering how it tastes, Dude. it's um, it's amazing, Nick. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing, man. Like, especially if if you haven't had any of this type of stuff in a while. Like, if you're being pretty strict on your diet, uh, and you don't you don't cheat, man, you'll feel like you're cheating when you eat this. Like, honestly, you feel like you're doing something wrong when you eat it. It's yeah. that damn good. Yeah, I mean, and you talk about how good it is for your diet. I mean, a keto friendly, gluten free, grain free, soy free, low carb. Uh, GMO free. And yep. what we got, Sean, is what everybody out there right now can try as well. The variety pack. So you get yes. four different flavors. You get cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter, which is the one I have right now. And I've been munching yes. on before we did this spot. Yes. My favorite are, are the fruity ones there. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what, uh, what brand uh, cereal. I'm, I don't want to name, you know, <laughs> can I name up Fruit Loops? Sure, it tastes I, a lot I, like Fruit Loops, man. Okay, got I've it. Made just as good. Yeah, just as okay. good. Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. Yeah, and like they told us in the, in the copy here to yeah. try putting the cocoa and the peanut butter together and yeah. make like your own kind of like mix cereal. Did you do it? Oh, I did it, Sean. And yeah. it, 
really good. It's nice. just a peanut butter cup, you know? Nice. And you know, like I don't, I don't drink milk anymore. So uh, like I either use like an almond milk or like um, earlier I used oat milk with mm. it. So, and, and it's amazing. Even with like almond milk, oat milk, uh, cashew, any of that stuff. So yeah, like, yes, man, if you're like, if, if, if you don't use dairy, like just throw some coconut milk or almond milk in there with it. It's amazing. Um, hey, so yeah. anyways, Hey, so, um, anyone, uh, that's listening or watching right now wants, wants to give magic spoon a try. I highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. Uh, if you do, uh, go to magicspoon.com slash pro. That's magicspoon.com slash P-R-O to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code PRO, P-R-O, at checkout to save $5 off your order. Yeah. Five bucks, man. Gone. Yep. Off off of it. You get to try it, and it's $5 gone. You don't even need yep. it. Bro. And, and, and Magic Spoon is so confident in their product it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Man, that's good. That's customer service. I can believe it, Sean. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash P-R-O and use the code P-R-O to save $5 off. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, of course, we want to thank you again, Magic Spoon, uh, for coming on and sponsoring Pro Wrestling for Life. I love Magic Spoon. Like, this isn't just, hey, it's not just uh, we have a sponsor. Like, I legit love this shit, man. It is so good. I hope everyone gives it a shot. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Say it with us. Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom by offering chewable tablets that can help men get stronger and longer lasting erections. Oh yeah, Sean. I mean, I, I, you know, I know that every man out there wants to feel very virile right in the, in the bedroom there. And, you know, Blue Chew, they offer a unique online service. They deliver the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, uh, but it's in a chewable form and it's at a fraction of the cost. So that's nice. It's a chewable form, much more uh, inexpensive than, than these other leading brands out there, you know? Yeah. And uh, Blue Chew's tablets help men achieve hard. Did I already fucking say that? No, you know, I mean, you can, I think they want us to really emphasize it here that, you know, the mm -hmm. harder, stronger erections that you get, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if, if you've heard, but like erections on Blue Chew are like blue steel. A cat can't scratch it. That's so really good. that's good. So, yeah, they're at all. I stole that line from a movie from, from when I was a kid. Anyways. <laughs> uh, I don't want the cat scratching my steel pole, but whatever, to each his own with your Blue Chew. So Blue Chew is an online prescription service, no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a nice discreet package. So it doesn't say, Blue Chew, deal with your erectile dysfunction on the right. box. Discreet, <laughs> you know, discreet. Yeah. yeah, the process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and those licensed medical providers, they're going to work with you to find the right ingredient and the strength for your prescription that you're going to need. Yeah. The one I like to use, Nick, is the, is the uh, 
Sildenafil, the one that's um, that's like similar to um, oh, Cialis. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's I like you. There's two different ones you can get. I just prefer that one. Okay, so you so yeah. you so that's great that you actively are using this and you can testify that this is a great product. Oh yeah, I Blue Chew was on board with me um, for a while back when I was doing Xbox One Two Three Sixty. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like the thing I like about them too is like they're made in the USA. Yeah, they prepare, they ship direct, so it's cheaper than going to a pharmacy. I mean, it's a lot of great stuff over at Blue Chew. I mean, they're, yeah. I mean, for pro wrestling fans, we, I mean, you know about Blue Chew, but this is your chance to really try it out. You know what I mean? That's the thing about Blue Chew, Nick, um, is they've been so supportive of uh, the wrestling industry and wrestling podcasts. Like, um, so uh, I hope everyone goes out and supports them. And they yeah. have been, right? Blue Chew's doing great. I think they're the, I mean, as far as I know, I think they're the, they're at the top of their, um, you know, I'm not going to say the other, the other names of uh, their competitors, but. Okay. Anyways. They're at the top of the, they're at the top of the heat. They're at the top, yeah. the peak of the erection. They're on the tip of that erection is where that is. Mm-hmm. The tip. That's the best part. And blue, <laughs> hey, so the tip, uh, just the tip. Yeah, I know. I'm glad that I'm glad that tickled you, Sean. Hey, so what else do we have here? We say, well, that's the thing, is Sean. This isn't just about us saying nice things. Uh, the listeners out there, we got a great deal for you when it comes to Blue Chew. So, if you want to try Blue Chew free, uh, use the promo code Pro at checkout. Uh, just you're going to pay five dollars shipping, but you're going to get the free Blue Chew. That's BlueChew.com promo code Pro. Uh, you're going to receive the first month free, uh, and that's great. You know, Sean. Yes. Once again, that's bluechew.com, promo code PRO, P-R-O, to receive the first month free. And we thank you very much, Blue Chew. Appreciate your support. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Joining us right now, a man I've known for decades, a wonderful human being, an excellent referee, ladies and gentlemen. Legendary w- former WWE, WWF referee, Jimmy Corderas. What's up, Jimmy? Oh, Sean, man, that, what a great introduction. I hope I can live up to that introduction <laughs> now. I get, the pressure's on. <laughs> uh, it's, it's true, bro. It's true. Oh, thank hey, you. man. Thank you. Hey, so it's been a long time. I know I, everyone, Jimmy and I, we talked a little bit before we started recording, so like, it's not the very first time I've talked to him, but still, like, I haven't seen Jimmy in forever. Jimmy, how the fuck are you, man? I'm hanging in there. You know what? Surprisingly, feeling good. Um, you know, like, like I, like I told you before, with this whole situation, I haven't been able to travel anywhere, go anywhere, see anybody. But uh, you know what? I, I'm very fortunate because when it comes to marriage, I outkicked my coverage and I, and I scored big time. So. Uh, I'm doing good, man. I'm happy. And what else can you ask for, dude? Hey, man, I, 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 I lucked out big time too. Like my wife, my wife and I, uh, we got married right before the pandemic hit. Mm. But um, so, but this whole thing, man, it really tests out a marriage, huh? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, you but know, we're doing. We're, it's, it's been it, great though. It's I mean, completely, it's completely 180 from when I was working uh, uh, that full schedule. Yeah. You know, I'm home a day and a half. So she yeah. gets me for a day and a half, but then all of a sudden she gets me for 24 seven. And it's, hey, <laughs> it's this, is, is your, Jimmy, is your wife, um, have y'all been married since, since, you know, back in the days when you were on the road all the time? 
Uh, yeah, we got married in September of 1999, September oh. 5th. I'm going to give you the exact date because if I don't remember the exact date, you know, that's heat, but yeah, yeah September 5th, 1999. And believe it or not, because of the marriage uh, leading into a little bit of a story here, it led into a little bit of an angle on TV that I got involved in by accident or actually just kidding around. And it was all Hunter's doing too. Mm. What is it? Now I want yeah, to, what happened? I've got to jump in here and prod you. What, what's yeah. the story? Yeah. You, well, remember they were doing the striking referee angle because they were being abused and they, they walked off the job and they brought in the scab referees like uh, Dr. Tom and, uh, you know, the old Danny Davis and Brooklyn Brawler was refereeing and stuff like that. Yes. That was during the time I went on my honeymoon and, you know, JR was gracious. I got two weeks off, went to Europe. I get back and they're doing this angle. And, you know, and I'm like, okay, this is cool. Kind of, sort of, and I guess I'm going to strike outside. Hunter walks up and goes, hey, Corduroy, because he used to call me Corduroy. Welcome back. How was the honeymoon? I said, it was awesome. He says, too bad you're not working right now. You're on strike. And I said, as a joke, I just turned to him and said, Hunter, I can't, I just got married. I can't afford to go on strike. I need the payday. And he went, ah, ha, ha. come with me. And so I followed him. He took me straight to the, like, to, to create him and said, hey, Here's an angle we can work. He's the one guy that can't, you know, go on strike because he needs to work. And which uh, led to the big angle at the pay-per-view where I was refereeing the six-pack challenge match. All the other refs came out, dragged me out, and beat the living crap out of me. So you you turned you turned on your on your colleagues and jumped the picket line. Yeah, yeah. I was the, the one uh, uh I guess. Does that make me a scab ref? I guess it does. You know, you know. <laughs> hey, man, you got to do but, what you got to yeah. do, right? Mama, exactly. hey, my baby needs uh, diapers and a new pair of shoes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But it, but it was amazing how just, just kidding around, throwing an offhanded comment like that led to something like that. It was amazing. Yeah, and Hunter wasn't even, like, involved in really – I mean, he wasn't – he didn't have a title there. Yeah, we were, we were both just talent at the time, right? But he, yeah. was, sorry, he was still influential. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, when it came to that, but yeah, Jimmy. Hey, so you know um, when Nick and I were talking about this, like I was, like was thinking about putting and and I'll still, I still want to do this, putting a panel together discussion, mm -hmm. like you and some other, uh, some other referees. You know, like I was mm -hmm. talking to, to Coyote about it. Mm -hmm. uh, Mike, Mike Kyoto called. Yeah, but uh, some other. I was thinking about getting some other people because, man, I don't think a lot of people understand the importance of a good, uh, competent referee in there, Jimmy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. And, and I hate to say it, but you know, watching some of today's product, I don't think people realize how important the referee is not in getting themselves noticed or getting themselves over. I learned over the years that the important job of the referee is to help the talent tell their story. Yeah. And the exactly. only time, and you're invisible until you need to be seen. And if there's any angle in there or any spot that involves a referee, again, it's not about you getting your shit in. It's about you helping them tell that story. And I think, I think a lot of, I don't want to say a lot, but there, there are instances in today's world where I see that there are referees out there that are over-exaggerating stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, overselling over, no, just, help the guys tell their story. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the thing is like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm thinking about like 
how a, a, a referee man, um, can real like, can really fuck a match up too. You know, mm-hmm. like just to put, like, hey, so and I, I can't remember his name. How long were you, like? Okay, I'm jumping all over the place here. Jimmy. No, it's cool. Fine. How long? What year did you start in, uh, for Vince? Okay, uh, I started uh, actually working for the Canadian office when they were associated with WWF at the time. Yeah, in '85. But I started refereeing. Okay. I started refereeing about want to say late '86, early '87. Hey, so did did you ever like do go to the shows uh, like at the Montreal Forum and all that too? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you remember they had a local referee there? He was an older dude, and they would put him on the show. He was the I like. I'm sure he was a nice guy, but he was the worst fucking referee in the history, <laughs> the entire history of wrestling. Oh, like, yeah. we would beat down for our fucking near falls. I remember, I remember Savio wanted to kill him one time. Uh, Wherever the fall, you know, it's important the cadence of the count. It's like the mm-hmm. one, two. Uh, this guy gets down. He's like, and every time he would go for the count, he'd, he'd ask us, now? And then it would take him forever to count. Like, oh. shit like that. Dude, mm-hmm. it is so important, man. Like, just making the count properly, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, mm-hmm. for the for like, especially for the near falls, dude. Like, uh, God yeah. damn. See, but yeah. that guy. Do you do you know that guy? The guy I'm talking about. I I know. I wish I could remember his name, but I know exactly who you're talking. Well, I don't want to name. Montreal, him. I don't want to name shame but, him, but like, yeah. But Montreal was one. They had a commission there, yes. so he was their commission guy that was assigned. Yeah, you know what I mean? It was like uh, the good old boys club. Here we go. You know, he'd been there for decades working in the Montreal yeah. Territory and stuff like that in Quebec. Spoke English, but not great English, you know. And uh, But yeah, it, and, you know, you brought up like the, the near falls and the false finishes leading yeah. up to the finish. See, in the referees, um, like f- for me, I, I learned later on, obviously it takes time to learn this stuff and you're all constantly learning, let's put it that way, is that, as the match progresses and it gets closer and closer and excited, your energy level builds along with the match. Yeah. So as, as the false finishes get closer and closer, you're, I don't want to say animated, but you're, you can see the excitement level is there for everybody. Well, yeah, you sh- I think the rep- referee should show some, you know, I, you know, I mean, I, I, I think it's okay. As long as it's, you know, you're talking about earlier, you know, some referees that get too over-exaggerated and yeah, I agree. Uh, but I, I do think it's important that you guys are like, you know, uh, giving us the impression you're in the middle of some like, you know, mm-hmm. intense, intense shit going on here, you know? Yeah. And, and you're enjoying the match as much as the audience is, but yeah. you're doing it from a different perspective. Yeah. You're, you're, you know, and, and the other thing that I've noticed lately and rules matter. And back then you guys, you know, paid attention to the rules, you know, yeah. breaking, breaking before five, getting back in the ring before the 10 count instead the tags. of the, the tags. tags. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You had a five count, hold that damn rope, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it, the rules meant something back in the day. Now it seems to be a little bit, I hate to say it, but there seems to be a little bit of um, not paying attention to them as much now, letting, letting things slide a little too much. Yeah, and that's something I wanted to, while we're talking about this, Sean, because I know, like, I met you on the Indies, and I know you've worked with, you know, all the way at the top of the card. You know, we're going to talk about you facing The Rock for the WWE Championship a little bit later on the show. Um, But when you're working with younger talent or independent talent right now, do you talk to them about protecting the ref and using the ref and and all of that when they're putting together the matches with younger talent now? 
you find that to be pretty regular for you, having to explain how to protect the ref in a match? Jimmy? Well, uh, I was you, Sean. Like, if oh, you're you asking me? Yeah, like well, when you're... I, man, it's usually not, like... I mean, I it doesn't really come up that often, to be honest with you, Nick. Yeah. You know, like, not for me. You know, yeah. like, when I go and do my matches, you know, like, in the last few years, um, you know, I might... I might utilize the ref just so like, like I used to do a spot where like um, we go into a top up into a top wrist lock and I grab the ref shoulders and do a backflip and then do a little something mm-hmm. and the ref would kind of get hot at me or whatever. Like, you know, admonish yeah. me a little bit, but like, but other than that, like I really, it wasn't a lot, you know, going on like as man, I was just trying to get through the matches and entertain the people at that yeah. point. You know, just to be mm-hmm. straight up, keeping it a hundred, Conan. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, but you know, then there, you know, there's times like we we have this thing we call false tags, where when mm-hmm. you get in the getting the heat on um, on the baby face, and and the baby face is trying to go for that tag. You know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. Nick? Yeah, totally. <clears throat> you know, and then and then the the heel comes in and draws the ref and then he makes the tag, but the ref don't see it. And then the ref goes, and da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. and, and, and the ref's really important, you know, for, for those. And, the, and then, you know, it's man, there's just so much dude, when yeah. it comes to refereeing. Yeah. I guess, reason, I guess the reason I asked you is because I've talked to Jimmy so much about, you know, how there doesn't, the wrestlers don't seem to have, the same kind of respect for the rules like that that like he said there used to be like the wrestlers today seem to be a little bit more relaxed and i don't know that the same respect for the referee and the rules is kind of there like all this shit with putting hand like pushing the referee and stuff like that for the most part like i think it shouldn't be done man mm-hmm. you know i think the like it really helps when when the ref has credibility it yeah. really fucking helps. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, Sean brought up like the false tags and stuff like that. And the distraction of the referee is so important that it's done in a way where it looks like, you know, the heels are actually manipulating the referee as opposed to looking, hate to use this word again. What I've been noticing lately looks lazy. Like it's almost like, yeah, just go with him. You know what I mean? And, and and stay with him and we'll call you when we need you. Kind of, And all this stuff goes on with, without rhyme or reason, yeah. you know? And then so people also, like, people make the mistake of trying to do the same thing in six mans. But we have an extra, we have an extra uh, baby face over here and the referee can only go to one person. So, like, when they try that shit in a six man, like, the baby faces always get buried, usually. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. just, there's so much to all that shit, man. Mm-hmm. It's just, oh, and then, hey, Jimmy. Yes. Um, it wasn't really a thing, but I've, 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 I've told this to people that I mentor, and like, mm-hmm. you know, and even like when I'm help producing matches down at NXT, like, like if you're having like, some intricate shit you're planning, like, like, don't be afraid to ask the referee, man. Like, like I know, like, as a ref, Jimmy, I know you have, you know, more than one match to take care of, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like you can't remember everybody's high spots and finishes for every single match. But if there's an important one, you can really be a huge help uh, out there, man. Like, with somebody, you know, uh, maybe they can't remember, mm-hmm. you know, the – 
the spot or maybe they draw a blank or something out there because mm-hmm. there's a lot of greats that had problems like that out there. Mr. Perfect used to have problem remembering stuff. Mm-hmm. And it would be like, he, you know, um, so like I've always suggested that. And I don't know, like Jimmy, was that ever a thing with guys coming, coming up to you? Hey man, this one spot or this finish, can you help? You know, we might need you to help call, call it to us out there. No, there've been a few times where somebody would come up, Hey, when we get to this particular point in the match, please, if I'm not, in the right spot, remind me where I need to be and stuff like that. And, you yeah. know, and, and, and that's fine. And, and when they tell me that I, I made a, you know, very conscious effort to, to remember all that stuff. And if I see that they're not going, it, the, the thing is with, it's different from a house show and TV. Cause at a house show, you, you know, you can walk over and say, Hey, you know, whatever they ask you to say on TV. Now you got to be discreet and look, relay the message in a way that it looks like you're doing your job instead of walking yeah. over and going, Hey, you know, you need to be in the corner or something like yeah. that. But now you may, I get a next, like when I have a, a, a referee in there that like I can count on for shit like that, it's just an extra sense of security. You know, yeah. Yeah. It just, it's, it just feels secure. It's like a security blanket. That's what I was. That was my goal. I just wanted people to be, uh, not to be nervous about who's our ref. Jimmy's our ref. Ah, oh, damn. You know, you make a really good security blanket, Jimmy. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I, I just didn't. I just didn't want to be the the guy. I wanted to be the guy that you know that you guys could count on. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. And like you, you two have known each other for so long. And Jimmy, like you know, you were there a little before even Sean was. You know, the one, two, three kid, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just to kind of slow it down here for just a moment. What are your memories of a young Sean Waltman? Like, what did you think when you saw what was happening with him getting the big win over over Razor? Over Razor. Yeah. What were your thoughts about what? was going on with Sean from somebody that was there close watching what happened with his rise there. Well, uh, the first thing that came to me, and this is being, uh, being completely 100 honest here is I was a little bit surprised by it at first because, you know, that was the era of the giants. You know what I mean? Everybody, there was that persona that, you know, WWF was the land of the giants and everybody had to be big. And then you saw a guy who wasn't as big as the other guys get that, you know, huge win. And it was like, man, this is the coolest thing ever. And the response, the reaction from the crowd, they were genuinely happy to see him beat Razor Ramon. See, that was a different time. And I'm going to go off on a tangent now about today again. I hate to do this. I know we're talking about the past, but if that exact match were to happen today, instead of being happy that the one, two, three kid beat the hated Razor Ramon, the guy that everybody wanted to see get lose and get his butt kicked, they would have been, you know, now today's fans are like, oh, look at that razor. What a nice guy do, doing the honors for, you know, everybody <laughs> thinks they're on the inside now. And, and, and instead of saying, yay, he won finally. Yes, he beat the bad guy. They're like, oh, man, you know, I don't know. It just. Yeah. It's like different... you can't even enjoy the feel good moment for a second because you're Ex- fucking dissecting every fucking thing yeah the, when did when yeah. did fans become critics all of a sudden you know what i mean, well, I mean it's their, hey man it's their it's their prerogative to be that way if they want it's just it used to be more people just used to like enjoy the show enjoy. yeah but enjoy I mean, like, some, some people still do like people have, you know and mm-hmm. so and those people i guess still do in their own way man you know mm-hmm. it's just it's just it's just so much different than back yeah. in my day yeah, exactly. But l- like I always said, and I've said this to Nick before, you can blend old school with new school. 
it, it can be done well. And that's why for me right now, my favorite wrestling product out there is NXT because I think NXT is the perfect blend of old school meets new school because there's still that old school psychology, yeah. but they're blending in a little bit of what, <laughs> what, what, you know, the younger, newer fans or, or the, the quote, uh, yeah. in the no fans want to see. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, I, I, something I used to say a lot at one time, that's been a while since I said it, but like, I don't really look at things like old school and new school so much as right school or wrong school. Like, but even that's not necessarily like the, you know, the absolute only way of looking at it. It's just, mm -hmm. you know, um, some things, some things always work, man. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, some things are always work and, and always will, you mm -hmm. know, if they're, if they're done right. And, Exactly. And what's the one thing that's been a constant in our business since day one is you've had a good guy and a bad guy. You know, yeah. every once in a while you end up with a guy like Stone Cold Steve Austin, who's kind of like that borderline, you know, but still a baby face, but could also be a heel at the same time. But not, not everybody can be Stone Cold. Not everybody can be The Rock. Not everybody can be that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I asked you what you thought about the big one, two, three kid moment and getting to see Sean break mm -hmm. out like that. But then later on, you know, Sean kind of developed some clout there, right? He's mm -hmm. rolling with some people of influence. What, <laughs> what did you, what did you think of the click Jimmy as somebody that was really not writing? Yeah. yeah. What is, yeah, I'm curious. Yeah. So, to, to be perfectly honest with you, I got along with you guys. Fine. I don't know. No, you know what I mean? It was like, you know, it, you know how it is in the locker room. All of a sudden you hear somebody going, man, 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 you know, these guys over here and they're, and I'm like, you know, I, I'm, I'm in my own world setting up the ring. You know, I think, I still think to this day, I should be sainted for, for hanging out with Tony Chimmel for so long and being his friend, oh, dude. but, but he, I kid him, I rib him, but Tony's awesome. I love Tony, the Rodney oh. Dangerfield of pro wrestling. Exactly. But again, I didn't see, I didn't witness the stuff that, you know, the rumors and all that stuff that everybody talked yeah. about. I got along with them just fine. Everybody, uh, you know, and also like our, our hijinks and, and, and all the, like our actions or whatever, like they didn't affect you. Like they, like, mm -hmm. like it was perceived, uh, they affected, you know, like the in-ring talent so much. Right. So it wasn't like you would have, you know, like maybe if, if you felt like what we were doing affected, you know, your position on the card or something, you might've felt a little different. Jimmy, I don't know. <laughs> maybe, 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 but but I was I like I said, I, I was always treated well by you guys, and you just saw like, such a nice guy, you know, like your, your demeanor, like dude, anyone that's a dick to you, like what the fuck, man, I can't even imagine. <laughs> but people are like, you ever have that? People, um, like, were there people around that just didn't like you for some reason? Um, I will be honest, I think so. I, I won't mention any names, but it, it was uh, wasn't. I don't think it was, it wasn't one of the boys. It was someone in the office later on, but uh, I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Yeah. I just, I just think there was, uh, well, here's, here's to make a long story short. It, it, there was a time where it looked like they were going to transition me a little bit into more like a Timmy white role. Yeah. You know, where, where you're kind of like a, an agent kind of thing. And sure. uh, uh, let me just say that one, as you remember at TV, one of the agents had to sit there and take the times down when the guys arrived. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and when guys arrived late, you had to mark that down. And yeah, 
I, I hated doing that. I, I was like, when, yeah, I but that was like, was that the in the, in the early nineties uh, part? Like, 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 because there was a time like when that was going on when George Steele. Yeah, I remember like Owen comes in like literally one minute after, and like George is finding him five hundred dollars, and like Owen yeah. Owen blew a gasket and he kicked a the fucking window blew out of this fucking, there was like a little gym uh-huh. in this high school. We were and and the, and the windows in the gym even had that, you know, that metal, like, yeah, the, there was like metal in there to keep it from shattering. Yes. We, yeah. Like weaved metal. That's real. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. Dude, yeah. that didn't stop it from shattering when Owen kicked that fucking thing. He was so mad because yeah. it was bullshit, man. Like you literally like, yeah, like, so what exactly. if your clocks? What if your clocks a little fast, motherfucker? Yeah, yeah I just I, to, to me, I just didn't like that part of it. Do you know what I mean? I, I yeah. love, I love the idea of it, but I, I, but that particular part of it, you know, you know, I, again, hating using the word, uh, you felt like a stooge. Oh yeah, putting you in that position, like yeah, like that. yeah, and and I unfortunately voiced my displeasure about it, which didn't sit well with a few people. So. Um, uh, last, last thing I kind of want to jump in here before we, uh, before we go on to something else. Um, you know, I, Sean, I know how proud you are, you know, how you collaborated with so many people and got to have input on your matches. And I know Jimmy, you've talked to me about how from time to time you would maybe mention something here or there that, you know, you were part mm-hmm. of that collaborative experience. Like, you know, Sean, what would, were you open when, when referees would come in and, and ask, bring something up or point something out? Did you like having referees in the conversation when putting together? I, I wasn't against it. But I don't. I just don't remember it ever really mm. coming up, Nick. To be honest with you. Okay. Mm. Just curious. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I. I, it, I it, tell you what, though. Like, I mean, there were like, there were just certain reps that you ended up like, I don't know, Jimmy. How did how did that work, man? How did like how did you guys figure out who was getting assigned to who? Uh, well, actually, it was order, like, talk about the pecking order. No, it was it was basically you know Earl was the Earl was the head guy, Earl was our guy, and you know and it went down from there and and the referees were assigned by either Jack Lanza or Chief Jay Strongbow, you know they, they, yeah. Did you have a nickname? Did Chief have a nickname for you, Jimmy? Uh, no, he just called me Jimmy. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, I know we had Coyote or Chichi or Kiki and stuff like that, but D'Amico was John Brown. John Brown, yes, <laughs> John. Oh my goodness, uh, uh, oh, Mark Yaton was Goat Boy, and uh, anyway, oh my goodness. Oh, you're shitting me, was he? Yeah, because he, you know, he had the farm out there in Pennsylvania, so that, you know, you know, Ch- Chimmel started that by saying, "Oh, goat he raises boy. goats out. He raises goats out there on the farm." So they, they said, "Oh, Goat Boy," and then it's stuck, and the poor guy was like labeled. Mark Eaton was a really nice guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah but definitely. you know, I felt really bad, and because I fucking got so mad at him one time, uh, Jimmy. Uh, it, but like to 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 carry it on like that like and I he he did fuck up a bit mm-hmm. but um uh we Jericho and I we had had this cage match right and like mm-hmm. I put him over in the cage match and like it was my turn to get you know to get get my heat back on TV so we had this fucking not that I really needed to get it back but that's you know how that goes right mm-hmm. um <laughs> so they gave like the Jericho and I have this first blood match we have a fucking first blood match on mm-hmm. raw and so we use a you know the candy glass like bottles mm-hmm. so like we were going to use that for the for the color right and 
So, but you know, those things are so shat, like so fragile, and they could break real easy with that barely touching them. Mm -hmm. So we had, um, if Mark, I'm sorry for telling the story, but I, I just <laughs> telling it just to talk about what an asshole I, I was at the time. <laughs> okay, go for so, it. Like we told Jimmy, like no, we told Mark to put the to put the the bottles like under the timekeeper's table, but not near each other in case one broke. Like mm. we don't want them to break against each other, right. you know, because we and we needed two just in case. And like yeah. so, when it come time to get under there to get the bottle, I go under there. And Mark had put them right next to each other, and they both were broken. Oh my god! I fucking flipped the gasket, dude. Like you could see me out there when I'm doing it. I'm taking mm -hmm. the already broken bottle and hitting Chris in the head, like, and you mm -hmm. know, so like I took it out on Chris, you know. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and then I just like, oh, I was so mad at him about it, and it was like, yeah, like I wish it wouldn't happen, but like. Man, I really like I held on to that for way too. Mark's a really good fucking guy. So Mark, yeah. I'm very sorry for being an <laughs> asshole about that. Yeah. You're a good motherfucker. Oh yeah. wow. Okay. There you go. There we go. Ran off to the wheat, but it's okay. That was good story. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you just made me think of that when you brought up the joke <laughs> stuff and everything. Um, love you mark uh well well jimmy i want to thank you for joining us on the show before we uh, before we let you go uh mm -hmm. is there anything you want to plug promote put over anything like that oh really quickly here obviously i i do my weekday ref and rant it's just a minute long video i do on my social media which is on twitter at jimmy corderas uh instagram at real jimmy corderas because apparently somebody else stole my name somewhere there. So I had to put real in front of it. Yeah. And uh, I also have ref and rant t-shirts now on pro wrestling tees.com. The store is called Jimmy, the ref. And uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe some uh, coffee mugs will be coming soon too. Jimmy. Real yes. quick, man. Not including yourself. Give me like, I was going to say top five, but like, okay. Top five refs in your opinion ever. Oh my goodness! Wow. I know, uh, right? These are tough questions. Like, I get stumped when I when I get asked shit like this. Yeah, so, because if you don't have a good answer, like the class, you don't have to, don't have to be in order, Jimmy. By the way, the hipper thing to do when framing this is give me your Mount Rushmore of referees. That's what the headline is on all the news sites. You know? Wow. See, oh, see, okay. that's that's the toughest one for me, and I, no particular order. And I apologize if I'm leaving out some guys because there's some really good refs out there. Uh, um, Tommy Young used to love. Tommy Young. Yes. He, was, he was one, he probably the referee that's as that good as anyone ever. Yes. Yeah. Uh, who got me, you know, like I say, the referees aren't supposed to be noticed, but I noticed how good Tommy Young was from day one. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking back, uh, Mark Hildebrand was good. Oh, uh, was of course, great. the Hebners, Brian Hebner, who's still going right now, he, he I, I'm surprised he's not out there, you know, on, on main TV. He should be, yeah. um, you know, and wow. Who else? Obviously, Coyote. We were talking about Kyoto. You know, guys, you can you can count on. When I'm thinking about guys now, I'm looking at John Cone and thinking he's really good. Yeah. You, you know, you've got some guys down in NXT too that are. It's uh, harder for me to judge the guys these days because, like, for me personally, I judge a lot of it by like my experiences with them in the ring. Right. You know? Yeah. But uh, th there's a lot of good refs, but there's some out there that uh, really frustrate me. I'm again not going to name names, uh, but uh, I got called out on a, on a certain uh, uh, Sirius XM station. They interviewed somebody from uh, AEW, 
And they think that I bury their refs a little too often in my ref and rants. But, their talent um, buries the refs. Thank you. Thank you for <laughs> saying that. I mean, like you talk about protecting your referees. It's just, and, and nobody, and what, what gets me too, is you look at the talent that's there behind the scenes. You've got your Dean Malenko's, you've got your Arn Anderson's, amazing, you've got yeah. your, you've got some amazing talent, Billy Gunn, who, you know what I mean? You've got some guys who know how to utilize the referees. Is it that they just don't listen? It's just, man. Okay. So like, some of the guys that are coming from Mexico, like AAA specifically, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, man, they really don't, you know, you know how it is, right? Like, mm -hmm. they, and, and their tag situations are different down there. Like, right. and they come up here. I just, like, honestly, I wish there would be a little bit more of an effort to adjust to right. how it's done here when you're here. Yeah. No, I hear you. And, you uh, know? yeah, the only thing missing is wearing suspenders and then, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> or red shoes or something like that. <laughs> oh, red shoes Dugan. Yeah. yeah. Good old red shoes yeah. Dugan. By the way, just just again, here's the plug. Here's the plug. Oh, there's yeah. the there's the mug. There's Love the mug. Them. Thank you. Thank you to the missus. She got that made. <laughs> hey, so okay, one like another thing since Okay, wait, okay. No, cool. Yeah. Look, it was just a little too much for me. That drop down leapfrog spot the ref did in that tag match uh mm -hmm. on NXT. It was just a little bit too much for me, man. Like, it wasn't the worst thing in the world or anything, but it was, I just thought it was just a little, a little much. Yeah, I, I, you know you what know, I'm talking but, about, right? Yeah, exactly. With Daryl, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the but Daryl, former worker as well, too. So, right. uh, luckily, they picked him because if it was me, I wouldn't. Uh, the drop down would have been fine. The leapfrog might have been a problem. But uh, <laughs> uh, is it, see. Uh, I agree with you. I think it was a little bit too much, but then again, I, that match was a little bit more of a baby face, baby face match. And they were trying to do a little bit of comedy there. And it's not like Daryl called a spot. Hey, do this. And I'll do a drop down leapfrog. Right. It, the guys called that spot. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. So, yeah so, it was, look, it's, it, it wasn't something, it wasn't something that I was like, Oh man, like I want to like, Ah, you know, I wasn't getting Jim Cornette over it or anything. You know, but <laughs> <laughs> losing my mind, right? Over it. But I, you know, um, it's I, hey, because I mean, there's been times like, you know, one time in the garden, you know, we're doing a six man. I think it was like Rock and the Dudleys or Steve Austin, the Dud, something like that. Mm -hmm. We were in the main event, right, at the Madison Square Garden, and then and so it's me, Hunter, and, and Road Dog, and. Yes, like so. Road Dog just goes to Baby Earl and he shoves him, and you know, obviously he tells shove me back, and back, he takes yeah. a bump, kind of like the Flair thing. What yeah, that Flair used to do a lot, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, and then you know, and then both Dog and I fed up in the apron and got you know knocked out. The place went fucking nuts, dude. Right, and, man, you're really walking a thin line, man, on being able to get away with doing that. Yeah. Yeah, right. Definitely. But, oh, yeah, oh, we got we got away with it, but like, yeah. man, that's risky as fuck. But it worked. Right. It was fine on a live event. It's fine on TV. That's a different story. Oh, yeah. and, and this is coming yeah. from a guy who got to do all that fun, fun lie, cheat, and steal stuff with Eddie back in the day. And, and you know, God bless him, and uh, you know, allowing me to actually even put my two cents. You know, he would. Eddie was the kind of guy who would say, hey, this is the spot we want to do for the light, cheat, and steal with the chair mm -hmm. and stuff like that. What do you think? He's, he's asking my opinion. I'm like, holy shit. Eddie Guerrero is asking me what I think? 
awesome. You know, like, so I got to do some good, right? Yeah, it does feel good. good. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you know, like if it was more widely known that referee was, a, you know, also like our actual like pro wrestler, mm-hmm. like it, it probably would have, I don't know, it would have helped me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, it, like, like, you know, like I just wasn't aware of that. And no, I know because I, I know him from here. He's he's Canadian. He's from Canada here, and uh, and oh, I okay. and I know him. He's a good dude. Really good, good dude. Really good and good referee yeah. too. Yes, yeah. yes. And I feel like as a young, as the younger person here, I'm like kind of desensitized a little bit when I see things like that, you know, because I'm just so used to seeing referees do be more part of the show. Like we, I know we've talked about uh, it. like the AEW refs are like encouraged to go out there and yeah, get- like I would see Rick Knox. I love Rick Knox too. Yeah. Like, I love see him too. Like I could. Tope code here off the top rope to the floor. But, but, then, <laughs> but there, there is an AEW ref again, who I will not name that sells more than the guy who's getting the actual move done to him. Mm. You know what I mean? You, you know, when, when a guy gets punched in the face, if the referee does a subtle, Ooh, that looked like it hurt. You know what I mean? As opposed to going, Oh, and grabbing your own face, you know, you didn't get punched, dude. You didn't land flat. Oh, somebody's grabbing their own face. Someone's- yeah. They're, they're doing, they're grabbing their the own back. Cor- the fucking Corsican. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. They're, they're feeling the pain by osmosis. I don't know what the heck's going on. Well, I was <laughs> as a manager all the time. I was told to, to sell, you know, when my guy was down and things like that to make it look bigger. But you're right. As a referee, it just kind of takes away from it. So, Especially when you're standing between the guys and you're getting seen on TV. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a fine line, dude, on the manager thing, even because that can be mm-hmm. distracting too. Man, sometimes I'm like to the manager, "Hey, man, fucking calm down out there, dude. Yeah. We're fucking trying to do something here." Right? Yeah, that may be me. Damn it, Nick! It Fuck. wasn't you. Fuck it. <laughs> All right, everyone. Once again, it's. I was going to say it's one of my favorite segments of the show, but there's not that many segments. So, like, But I love this segment. It's the retrospective segment. And joining us this week from Cult to Hog, we have Sir Thomas Campbell. Actually, it's just Tom Campbell. I don't know. Hey, it, Thomas you- is my birth certificate and when I'm in trouble with, trouble with my mom. So <laughs> happy to be Sir Thomas. How are you doing, sir? I just said Good. before we started, it's been, it, feels like, it feels like at least three weeks since we last spoke. At so least. It's nice to catch up again. <laughs> At least Nick's like, hey, this is Tom. I'm like, yeah, I know Tom. Think about years, man. Yeah, we've been doing it forever. Ages. Ages. <laughs> so, Tom, what are we talking about today? Well, I wanted to do a little bit of a UK flavor with you, sir. And I'm I'm pulling out of your memory banks. X-Pac versus The Rock, Capital Carnage, yeah. 1998, which a lot of people may not be familiar with. It was a UK-only pay-per-view, yeah. uh, one of a few that they did. And I wanted to have a little dance around this and kind of touch on some of your experiences touring in the UK as well, since I'm yeah. the first Brit from, you know, from this side, the first person this side of the water to, to be chatting to you on your show. So yeah. felt right to do it, really. Well, so you usually I know, like, a couple of days in advance of like what I'm going to talk about in this segment, but like, this is just like, I'm just finding this out. So it's like a le- uh, legit surprise. Um, so, uh, okay. It's a cool. I, I'm glad that I'm glad we're talking about this. this well, look, really if, if you, if you get to a point, you can't remember anything. We'll just talk about the, we'll talk uh, about X factor or something. It'd be fine. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> You'd be surprised, man. Like, I mean, for the rep I have as far, you know, all the shots to the head and all the drugs and shit I've done in my life, like 
a lot of my memory is pretty sharp. Especially when Excellent. it comes to shit like this. So. Well, let's, let's, let's just dive into it. So, like, this was, uh, as I say, a UK-only pay-per-view on Sky Box Office over here. Uh, yeah. What was the vibe about uh, touring in the UK during the Attitude Era that you got from the WWF? It Was it a big thing to come over here? Yeah, it was still a big thing. Okay, so you remember, like, pre-Attitude Era days, right? Like, new generation, whatever you want to call it, right? Yeah. Uh, that was our bread and butter over there, Tom. Yeah, I, I, you know that, right? Like, I mean, the business was dead here in the States. And, man, we were over there more than we were, like, back here. Like, we'd have to come back here just to do TV. And then we'd be, be back on a goddamn plane uh, back over to Europe again so we can make some actual money. <laughs> so you were star, yeah. We were starved of it over here. So, like during, especially during like, the new generation here, we were glad to have it. And then during the Attitude Era, wrestling yeah. got really weird over here because we started getting um tribute acts to the WWF guys. There was a guy, and oh, I wish yeah. I knew his name. He was a tribute ex Pac. One, two, three, boy, or something. <laughs> yeah, he was. A, oh no, no, that was that was before. There was like a one, two, three, boy pre Attitude Era stuff, right? Then, so yeah, I think I met that guy. Actually. Oh, wow. Did yeah. you do the mirror thing? It was kind of cool. <laughs> like, uh, you know, man, like, I appreciate shit like that. You know, like, oh, guys yeah. trying to make a buck. Like, like honestly, Tom, it, it's, it, I guess it could be kind of weird, but, like, man. It's like tri I I think bands having tribute acts, isn't it? It's yeah, that same man. thing. Yeah. It's like Strutter, like the Kiss tri uh, tribute band or something like that. Talon and No Way Sis. It's that, just, isn't it? I never took offense to it. I never felt like somebody was ripping me off, you know, or like taking money out of my pocket. Like, I, didn't, I never thought about it like that. That's cool because it was it, 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 were, it was really? ace. No, not at all. It was just like we were starved of it, and yeah. you guys were the biggest game in town. So of course you're going to lean towards it. Um, but when you did come here, it was a big deal. This wasn't a tour uh, that we had for Capital Carnage. It was a, it was a one and done off, yeah. show that you flew into London to do and flew back again. Um, how were these UK only pay per views presented to you, like as uh, from from management in terms of oh. Uh, flying over to the UK was it was it a good was it a, you know it's not to be crass was it a good money earner for you was it a status thing what was the I, I don't remember it being any different money wise or anything like that uh for, like those were good those mm -hmm. were good man they felt good they were strong you know I mean that's that was like I don't I could just tell you how I felt about still going over there like even though okay business was picked back up in the states Man, it was still really important to me personally, you know. And um, and for me, I was in one, like one of the main events. Probably, I think it might have been the main event of that night, right? Like you, you were you were second from last last on that something night. Something like and, that. I was in the world the WWF title match. But it was, personally. but it, the whole thing moved around so much. And yeah. So we'll 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 dig into it a, a little bit actually. So because your your opponent for that night changed apparently a few times once on the night and once apparently before so i don't know if you can shed any light on this so as uh, you know as we've said like you'll you'll you face the rock on this paper for the yes. wwf title yeah. but there was there was some some to quote conrad some rumor and innuendo that you were going to face steven regal that night for the european title is there any truth to that i never heard anything of the sort like no. it was it was always <clears throat> excuse me it was not like i knew quite a you know, quite a ways ahead of time. Uh, I was working with Rock on that. And I was really, man, I was honored like that they thought of me. You know, I think I 
He had that was his first title defense too. I'm pretty sure his first pay per view title defense. Everybody yeah. says it was in your house, rock bottom. Nah, nah, nah. We were there first. It was Capital yeah. Carnage '98. It was yeah. that. And, and it was weird because uh, I remember when they told when they 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 told like Pat came and told us to finish, and I remember Rock was like, "Really? Like it was his first? It was his first title defense, and it was like a DQ, right? I think I won by DQ or something like that." Disqu- yeah, so Triple but, H uh, ran in and disqual got the disqualification win in favor of The Rock, but he was helping oh, you okay. out. Yeah, uh, something like that. But I so just you remember knew there, it wasn't like. And I get, I like, I understood where Rock was coming, where where Rocky was coming. Rock was like, man, it's his first title defense, and he can't get it, you know, a solid win. But it was, you know, it was also, I, I think I was the European champion at the time, right? Mm. Yeah, that was it. So that's where, which is why, like, there was some speculation that you might have ended because you were meant to face. In terms of like how it all panned out on the night, so the the one speculation was Stephen Regal. That wasn't the case. But then, obviously, on the night, we'd been told that it was going to be um, Triple H challenging The Rock for the world title, and you were going to be facing Jeff Jarrett. And then Pat Patterson, Gerald Briscoe, and the McMahons come out, cut that blistering fifteen minute promo, which I do want to dabble on a little bit as well, where it was all swapped around. So, as you say, you knew quite far out that that was going to yeah. happen so did you know that was going to be they were going to switch it on the night i know i like honestly todd you're telling me this right now it's the first i first i heard <laughs> of it it's like, I, I was, like there were other things going on you know um uh that night too so i really wasn't up to speed on every single thing going on you know on the show other than my match and whatever i was involved in so yeah so, no, honestly tom this is the first i've heard of that Oh yeah, because oh, because it was part of like a, an amazing promo that that Pat Patterson came out and did and 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 swapped the matches around. Vince yeah. came out and insulted the audience. It was uh, it was drinking a cup of tea. It was a really fun moment. But like, so talk me through your day then before that match. So it was a one-off show. So you'd flown into you flew into London. Did you have stuff to do like media stuff to do during the day? Was it just straight to the venue? Like, how did your day pan out uh, that day in London? Can you remember? I wish I could remember. Like if I said, oh yeah, we got off the plane, we got on the bus, you know, the, went to customs, got on the bus, went to the hotel. Like I, I'd be lying if I said that. Like I remember <laughs> whether we did that or not, man. Like we could, we could very well have just gone straight to the venue. I don't remember because, like you said, it was a one-off. It was a one-off show. It wasn't like we were on a tour over there, and and you know we were doing the charter flights at the time. So we might have like just got in and out of there real quick. I can't even remember. That's fair enough. Um, you'd face the Rock on Raw a couple of weeks before it. You guys had, a, I think, like that was that was his first title defense on Raw was against you, and then the first pay per view title defense was against you as well. And Shawn Michaels had got involved in that match. He ended up joining the corporation. Shawn kind yeah. of came. Shawn came and went a bit during the late nineties. There was a lot of stuff going on with with Shawn. But where was he at at this particular point? So December of nineteen ninety eight. How was he? Uh, I don't know, man. Like, I think he was still having some issues mm. from what I and and that, after watching the A and E biography uh, they did on on him the other night, like I guess it's apparent like there was still some issues going on with him personally. You know, it was like nothing. I'm uh, so like I don't know. Um, I gotta be honest with you. Like, okay, so that. That um, that title match, and Sean came in. He walked me over the head with the chair. You know, screwed me over. Um, 
Dude, that took a lot out of me, Tom. Really? Oh, bro. He folded that fucking chair over my head. It looked rough, but yeah, I think you, you know, and, and was it when when that happened? Because obviously you've you've had neck issues in the past. When he waffled yeah. you with the chair, was was there a little flash of is this gonna be all right? Am I okay no, here? Or no, just whatever. That was just a chair shot, like you know, like there wasn't the first hard chair shot I ever took or the last, so but um yeah, I don't know. I just remember that we had a hell of a uh, Rock and I had a hell of a match that night, man. And that and that was that was the finish of it. Uh, the Rocks. This was the the Rocks' first first WWF title run. Like we're days into it, we've the yeah. Rocks now a millionaire. He's the WWF champ. He's the corporate champ. Um, work, working with the Rock at this point was what was that like with somebody who was still like who would who was become the people's champion but was nowhere near his final form in terms of what he would be uh what was that like being the first person to to get in there with him as this new heel version of the rock well see even before that title match that we were just talking about on raw like one of my first matches uh on raw like the first really good match i had on raw after i came back was the ic title match with rock so like and it was a hell of a match we had like 25 minute match and um and so we had great chemistry we really we really liked working with each other uh so i mean all that was already not, like i just man it was just a really good guy to work with at the time and you knew he was you knew he was going to get better but like and, and you know you see a lot of us saw like you know looked at him and saw that there was potential for him to be a huge star like like he is now you know yeah, the crowd were a bit of um they were a mixed bag on the night. They were really lively at some points. They seemed, at least on watching it back, quite quiet at others. Um, and there were bits in this match. You guys were going hammer and tongs, and they seemed like they were they were cool or they were blowing air horns. Like, how was what was the vibe in the for the from the crowd that night for that particular show? Can you remember? Uh well, usually the crowds were fine. Mm. Um, I don't know. I like looking back, okay. Just to be honest, like um, I think there were some parts of the match that they didn't like that Vince didn't like. Like, okay. he, would, like he would have liked. Like I remember him mentioning it. Like it was. It was like honestly, I think Vince was disappointed in the match. What made you say that? Because he mentioned it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Did he give you any details as to as to why? I think there was some areas in it where he was like maybe wished that would have been a little bit more higher energy you know mm. I, I don't i like looking back it would it's hard for me to exactly put a finger on exactly what he meant but like you know there were some spots in that in the match you know um i look back on that i would i would have done like to have done different you know? which one anything that you can think of that you think uh, might just, have spiced it up a little bit more just you know maybe a little bit more like you know show a bit a little bit more life in the heat Mm. With that, uh, there was a there was a bit early into the match. The Rock tried to leave, uh, got on the mic, told everybody to to kiss his corporate backside. Off he goes. Triple H yeah. brings him back down to the ring. Um, Triple H ringside, and obviously that he plays into the finish. There, we're a few months out from the the, the almighty DX heel turn, the one that that left me as a fan reeling watching yeah. WrestleMania 15. Me and my brother sat up late and watched that, devastated. But at this point, like December, a capital carnage, when th this sort of play is going on between you and Triple H in China, had the wheel, had the conversation started about about a, a DX split at this point? You know, I imagine 
It, it mm-hmm. may have, but like the conversation, uh, if that conversation had already started happening, it, it hadn't included me yet. Right. What would you, what was, um, when you kind of got wind that this was coming, what were your feelings on it being so attached to the DX? Well, you know, identity. Okay. I just remember uh, as a group, um, I remember Dog and Billy being pretty worried because, look, man, we were getting, you know, our, our merchandise checks would come every quarter. And, you know, those were six figure checks when mm. you're, when you're in Degeneration X. So I, and you get used to those fat six figure quarterly uh, royalty checks, man. Like, and you think, Hey, but what's this going to do to my royalty checks? You know, and my bottom line. And so I, there was concern over that. I don't remember being that concerned over that, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, and, you know, at that point, Vince had already talked to me about work about working um, WrestleMania with Shane. You know, he yeah. he, he brought me in and talked to me. Like, hey, man. Hey, Sean. Uh, you know, uh, this is what I was thinking. Wanted to have you work with Shane. At, you know, Mania. I was honored. You know, but I like I made a couple of conditions. Okay, I get to call the shots. You know, I'm in charge of this, and and I get to go over. You know, I win the match, and that was all agreed to. So, but then, so once Hunter. You know, once we started talking about the fact that he was going to turn uh, and, you know, all the different ways that might play out, it was obvious to me the only way that turn was going to mean anything was if he turned on me and cost me the match. So that was actually my idea. No one asked me to do that. It was it was a moment. It was a moment in time yeah. that just genuinely floored everybody. But so yeah. to take it take it back to uh, to, to Capital Carnage, uh, that was a, a a big night for yourself going in as a champion, fighting for the WWF title as well. Uh, yeah. Do you have a particular favorite moment from your time in the WWE that was based in the UK? I not really, Tom. I just I I just. Cause there's so much time. There's a lot there, you know? Um, and it's just, uh, y'all y- over there was so good to us, you know? And it felt like home over there, man. At, at some point, at one point, like it felt like home, you know, it was so good to like, you know, you see certain people you get to know, you know, like even the, the, the fans that followed, followed us from show to show, man. Like, man, we were, most of us were grateful for that. Like, you know, like a lot of us would complain at the same time. Oh, you know, you know, no pictures right now. But my God, man, if 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 they weren't there, we man, we'd be we'd be depressed. I think. You know, you need that energy. It was there, just so you? great, man. The whole thing, the bus trips, you know, um, you know, just uh, man, I'll, I'll, just so much great stuff, man, and so many great memories from from just- all that. Just, just a, one final point on um, on the the rock match with, on the match with yeah. the rock from Capital Carnage. Um, obviously, the finish was a DQ as we've talked about, yeah. but you even said like the Rock was um, quite shocked by that. Uh, how would you guys do you think? How do you think you guys would have workshopped that differently had you not gone with a DQ? Had you been given a bit more creative freedom? How do you think you would have liked the finish to have gone? Well, I mean, I was fine with it, but I understood where he was coming from. It's his first title defense, man. Like a a good solid win on your first title defense. But they didn't really, they didn't really make a big thing of it back in this, back here in the States. 
No, no. It, like I said, it was it was a kind of a glorified house show, which is why no. I'm always intrigued to see kind of what the what the vibe was about them. Because over here, like yeah. they were they were advertised very heavily, and it was yeah. it was like a, it was a house show with with TV yeah. lights essentially, yeah. with the TV lights on. And I wondered whether they were treated by yourselves any differently, or whether it, you kind of went into it thinking it's it's a it's a sort of no, not in a disrespectful way. Like, it, it, did you see it as more than a house show, or did you treat it slightly differently? Or... Me personally, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Man, because millions of people are watching you, Tom. Yeah, like so, like okay, oh, just another like you're only you're punishing yourself, man. If you go in there with that attitude and so like okay, I'm not gonna do as much because eh, this is just a glorified house show. Yeah, but millions of people don't see it that way. Yeah, you know, it's, true. I, I, true. it's crazy, man. And and you guys gave us so much reason to give you the best we had because like the energy. And in, in, in the venues, you know, over there was off the charts, man. You know, we're a lively bunch. We're full of yeah. brilliant chants. And yeah. that's probably especially, especially in the attitude era. Now, I got to be honest. There were some times like when I first started going over there, even though the product was hot, like sometimes the, I think, you know, I think we had gone over there so much, Tom, that we kind of burnt. We kind of we burned it out. You know, we burned it know, out. Yeah. And so the crowds like they would still show up. But, like, they had already seen so much, man, and so they weren't as hot. The buildings were still full, but the crowds weren't as hot. That makes sense. And, it, and over here, it was a weird one because, like, we were, we kind of noticed the pattern that you'd be, there'd be these great Skybox office pay-per-views, and then Raw, Raw would roll around. Like, nobody's mentioned that Xbox had a title shot on. Right. on well, there's no one talking about that. That yeah. was quite important, surely. Yeah, so, but, like, so that's, that's the reason, like, that they didn't mind just doing – that kind of finish for rock's first yeah. title defense because it really wasn't yeah. his first pay-per-view title defense as far as like the american the north american fans were concerned right i'm with you yeah before i let you go um who's who's a who's a british star that you've got your eye on somebody you love from this side of the water oh man it's loads i know i know we've talked about this before i know how how you are so still connected to the product and to what wrestling's doing at the moment. And is there anybody from this side of the water that you think, you know, because obviously we got Drew McIntyre representing Scotland and uh, as a, by a whole, the United Kingdom. He's very, hey, so here's who like, and, and we haven't seen any really much of him yet, but keep your eye on Ridge Holland. Yeah. Yorkshire yes. boy, Ridge Holland. Yes. Good shout. Remember I said it. Luke Menzies is a beast. Awesome. I'm, down for that. By the way, when I, I said uh, I said Tim Henman a minute ago, making a tennis reference. I meant Andy Murray. I'm correcting myself because people will come at me in the comments if I don't. <laughs> but Ridge Holland is the boy. I love it. Thank yeah, you man. for your time. This has been thank ace. You. Thank I've you, really man. Enjoyed chatting to you. Thank you thank so you. much. Thank you for your time because you know you, you're returning the favor now. So appreciate you coming on. Brilliant. <laughs> thank you, Sean. Thanks, Tom. portion of pro wrestling for life it is me your game show host nick hausman i am back here to uh referee a contest between a two-time hall of famer coming to the show right now sean x-pac waltman sean welcome back to your show welcome to the game show all right thank you nick it's yeah. a pleasure to be here today who is my opponent for today nick that's a great question, Sean. Well, we uh, we like to have pro wrestling influencers here or ideally uh, patron members. If you are a subscriber to the Kid Level of Patreon, you get your name thrown into the raffle. This week we have both. He is both a Patreon subscriber and... What? 
You didn't know that? You didn't know that? Yeah. Dude, you don't need – I appreciate it. <laughs> no, he actually – I'm glad you didn't know that. But, no, yeah, he's an actual Patreon subscriber. He, su- he supports this show, and he's a notable pro wrestling personality. Yeah. It's Giancarlo Didimo. Giancarlo, welcome. Back. Thank you very much for taking the time. Hey, guys. For Giancarlo, what's up, man? What's up, man? How are you? Good. Hey, so, like, everybody – Giancarlo's actually been here in this room that I'm in right now. Uh, for people, uh, some people might remember the little piece that um, that uh, well Giancarlo produced on uh, the Tom McGee, the the secret lost Tom McGee oh, match tape. Holy Grail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I had. He came, well, how, how did I end up in that? Just because I had a. So, man, to be honest with you, that was supposed to be just like a five minute, like little YouTube video. And, uh, you know, we got all this, this stuff happening and then we ended up contacting Tom and finding him and getting an interview with him. And then, man, I just, I got to thank you because I just like cold texted you out of the blue and was like, Hey, you've been tweeting about this online. Any chance that, you know, we could sit down and talk about it. And I was expecting you to, you know, we maybe arrange somewhere to shoot it, but you were just like, Hey, come over. Yeah, come and on. That over. was it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for that, man. Yeah, man. Last time I saw you, I mean, we are, we're, I suppose we're going to get to playing a game here in a second. But yeah. like, like, like last time I saw you was when I was inducted in, into the most recent Hall of Fame. And yeah. you were talking to me about maybe uh, doing another project with me. We can yeah, still so, do it, dude. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'd love to, you know, I'd love, yeah. I'd love to, to be a part of the, I'm, you know, I'm no, no longer with the WWE yeah, as of two weeks ago. Um, but man, you know, I was a huge fan of you growing up and if there's any chance to be a part of the, the, the camp of, you know, to get you back in the ring and if we can document it and tell that story, you know, let's hey, do it. And like, I, I pitched this to KG, Kevin Gill. I mean, yeah. doesn't Joey Janela X-Pac, in the main event of a spring break. I mean, doesn't that feel right, Giancarlo? It does. It does. It really does. Yeah. For you know? I'm going to keep it, picking it what happens. So. Giancarlo, hey, are you um, – do you think – dude, eventually we're going to get to play in a uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. game. I kind yeah. of anticipated this being looser. Go ahead. I, I, hope, I hope we play the game because I've been studying oh. up on drag queens all day today. Uh, are we so playing we, another So we can get to it. <laughs> we're not playing that one? We're not playing that one? Oh, okay. No. Right. Different game. But, hey, so um, – are you going to be doing anything like game changer again? Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, I was there. That's how I met. Like, that's how I I originally. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we, we met each other a long time ago when it was Jersey championship wrestling. Um, And, you know, you used to do the the shows there at game changer world. Um, And then eventually it became game changer wrestling. Um, You know, Jersey championship wrestling is back. It's now like the kind of the, uh, developmental to a game changer wrestling. Is Ricky really O involved cool. with it again? No, Ricky O's no, no. <laughs> he, he sold he sold the rights over to uh, Brett Lauderdale. So oh, yeah. Okay. You know, and, and that's that's Brett's story. I'll let him tell that. Yeah. But uh yeah. yeah man there was uh there was a lot of shows this weekend. Um I was at uh three of them. Um and man it just it felt really good. It felt really good yeah. that uh you know we kept saying like I see the light at the end of the tunnel of this pandemic and uh Man, it's we're now seeing the light. We're we're here, you know. We're we're getting out of it, and it feels really good. It feels really good. So hey, um, and it's Stephanie mentioned Stephanie McMahon mentioned something. I just briefly saw like that their projection for like their live attendance stuff or the stuff they have coming up is looking really strong. 
And, and the only reason I bring that up is, is I just, I can only imagine that same enthusiasm is industry-wide and not just WWE. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, this weekend it was a, you know, there was 800 people there, which is, is a very large crowd for these independent shows. Yeah, man. You know, usually they're drawing, you know, 500, stuff like that. You know, during the pandemic, you can only fit maybe 100 people, 150 people right. because of the capacity limits. But no, you know, it's uh, people, people want entertainment. Yeah, yeah, and especially went, pro wrestling, right? Like, yeah, I mean, any with anything too. I mean, like, I went to the city last night to last minute to go to a comedy show, and mm-hmm. man, it was like you had to show your, you know, your vax card to get in, but packed room. It was like it was, you know, yeah, it, it was like it, it felt really good. Yeah, one of um, Michael Shea was there, and he said, you know, welcome back to civilization, uh, Michael Shea, and everyone was like, oh, that was it, man. That's it. Dude, and so like real quick before we get into the game here, I'll do my my obligatory question. Like, dude, you were sure. on, you were on. I mean, you're so beloved, Giancarlo. I cannot yeah. stress how I have never met a person that has said a bad word about you. When we found out that you were no longer with the company, I read things like people were surprised because they said Giancarlo is a genius. Is the yeah. word <laughs> that you were described? I, 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 yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't love that. <laughs> you know, no, I mean, but it's, I'm an apple, an apple genius. Yeah, <laughs> you, no, I know Apple genius ones. They're doing very well. Yeah. No, it's the Apple genius people. But you have an eye and a mind for producing pro wrestling, unlike I think very few of this generation. So, Thank like, you. why, like, were you surprised that, like, that it didn't fit there? for you i guess in the end yeah man i mean it wasn't just me it was it was a lot of people and um you know it was a decision that that's made probably to benefit you know business and stuff so you know i'm just i'm looking forward i'm looking forward to what's what's next you know yeah man i just been really positive and you know these past two weeks people just said some really beautiful things to me you know and it's uh you kind of can't be down about it when when you hear these things no man you know hey look and I mentioned this to somebody else. I, um, I'm, I'm pretty tight with that got released in the same time period as you. Sure. And um, I was like, I just said, Hey man, I was pissed when I got fired, when I got let go, uh, when, when Eric f- fired me by FedEx, I was pissed off about that. But I knew like, like once I got over that, like the feeling shitty about that, like, mm-hmm. um, and I got over it quick because I knew there was a lot waiting for me. You know, like I knew the the opportunity, like it, like it was doing me a favor, honestly, but it still didn't feel good, you know? So I can imagine like that might've been like, you might still have some of that. Like, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of things I still wanted to to do there, but, um, you know, hopefully I'll still be able to do them, you know, out, you know, now, (laughs) starting now, right? Oh, and trust me, um, that's not the last, uh, you know, unless you turn them down, they'll be calling you again. Yeah. Oh, they will. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I, like, I love this. I love. This I'm always thing. right about that shit. Okay. Yeah. No, I know. I, I mean, it's wrestling. Everything has to come full circle. It just yeah. that's just how it works, right? Yeah. There's no one. There's no one that I told that to that didn't end up back. In right. WWE. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. You got the monkey's paw right there. Um. Okay. Let's jump. Hey, this is a game show segment. As much as I uh, welcome the conversation about Giancarlo, who is beloved, and we all are hoping to <laughs> will do well. Um, today's game is a retread. So I was talking to Giancarlo before. He wanted Attitude Era questions. Sean has really, I think, only ever won 
this game once. And so we're going to bring it back. On my desk, I keep this stack of about, I don't know, 100 or so 1997 Titan Sports trivia cards, okay? Each card has five questions on it. Now, I have read these questions pretty regularly. I don't think there's an order of difficulty from one to five. I believe it to just be five random questions. Now, all of these questions are from 1997 or before. They only reference things from 97 or before. Um, so to decide who's, you know what, we've had Giancarlo's taking the time to do this play the game show. He's a patron. I think we should just let him go first, Sean. Unless yeah, you have anything. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Wonderful. I mean, I mean, but, like, but honestly, that little thing we do, like to decide, like, like that's always fun too. Like I can make another paper airplane, but I can let Giancarlo make it first. So he wins. I mean. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. I didn't really, I didn't think of a good, I was going to, Hey, do you want a scavenger hunt, Sean? Do you want a scavenger hunt to start it off here to see who goes I first? Mean, I mean, we can the do first that. First person I mean, who finds I'm gonna, I'm gonna put him over, but the first person to show me a writing utensil will get to go first. Oh, Giancarlo wins. He had a. There we go. There it is. I got, I got it. <laughs> what? Oh, nice. Wow, <laughs> markers. <laughs> John, I was, you know, I was, I was at the CVS the other day. I'm like, oh, I was thinking about drawing. You know, doodling, doing some doodling. Let me get some markers. Yeah, okay. so I can doodle. Sure, sure. Awesome. <laughs> Sign this T-shirt with your doodling, please. Yeah. Um, whole pack of markers, by the way, for those at home that couldn't see that out of nowhere, Sean brought onto the screen. Okay, so uh, Giancarlo wants. So Sean, you're going to pick a number one through five. I'm going to ask Giancarlo the question on the card that corresponds with the number. If he gets it right, he gets a point. So what number? One through five. Uh, three. Three. Okay. Right in the middle. All right. This uh, this goes to you, Giancarlo. At the 1990 yep. SummerSlam, who was the guest of Brother Love? Was it A. Hacksaw Jim Duggan, B. Sergeant Slaughter, or C. Rowdy Roddy Piper? C. The answer was no. I'm sorry. The answer was no. B. Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah. The guest. Yeah, I I. I I didn't know, like, if, if there wasn't multiple choice, I wouldn't have got that. But, yeah. like, when you when you gave all the, like, I was like, oh, yeah, that, that was during the, the Sergeant Slaughter's, the bet, you know, turned on the, you know. Sure. Turned on us. Okay, got it. Wonderful. Okay, well, Giancarlo, you can pick a number now, one through five, for me to ask Sean a question. Five. Okay. Uh, you kind of gave him a layup here, I think, but we'll find oh. out. Uh, number five. On the Pile Driver video album, who sang Jive Soul Brother or Jive Soul Bro? Come on, Sean. Who is it? Oh, me? It's on you. Oh, Slick. It's Slick. That's right. One point for Sean. Sean has got a victory there. That was way easier than Giancarlo's question. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Way easier. All right. You, well, can, you can ask me almost anything about that, that particular <laughs> Pile Driver album. I'd probably get that. It's a classic, man. To be fair, it's a banger. You know? So. I thought so. All right. Anyway, <laughs> uh, back to Giancarlo here now. Uh, Sean, pick a number one through five. I'll go. I'll go with one. Okay, number one. All right, Giancarlo. Oh fuck, these are hard. Okay, where? Oh. Did, where did? Where did the May nineteen ninety five in your house take place? Which I'm sure Sean might have actually been on. Uh, was it Louisville, Saginaw, or Syracuse? I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna guess. I'm just gonna go with Syracuse. You guessed correctly. Giancarlo. There we go. That was correct. Ninety-five yeah, really? happened in Syracuse. Yeah. Huh. So, 
I don't know why I was thinking Louisville. Okay. The main. Do you think you were on the main 1995 in your house, Sean? I don't know. I it could have been a tag match. I mean, uh, I don't know. Was I? I don't know. I don't have it in front of me. I was asking you. You're 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 actually like, you. Like Sid and I versus Razor and Marty or something. I don't know. We'll look it up. Anybody at home right now who's listening, Google it. You can beat us. <laughs> okay. All right. Back to uh, Sean here. Giancarlo, give me a number. By the way, tied one apiece right now. Uh, pick a number one through five, Giancarlo. Four. Four. Okay. There's no multiple choice here for this, Sean. You just need to tell me who faced Dino Bravo at WrestleMania 7. Oh, shit, man. <laughs> no. No multiple choice. You just got to oh. tell me who faced... Dino Bravo at WrestleMania 7. WrestleMania 7. I know. Difficult. Got to take a shot. We're going to put the timer up here in a second. By the way, Giancarlo, you may want to think. If you know it, keep it to yourself. I'll give you a chance to steal here in a second. I, like, I, I can't even think of who he, who he was. I'm going to give you a three. I'm yeah, no. I can't. I got nothing. He's, he's tapping out. Giancarlo, do you want to take a guess? I don't know. But. Okay. Wow, you guys, that was uh, the Texas Tornado faced Dino Bravo Ooh. at WrestleMania 7. I know. Ooh. On Eric reference. Yeah, okay. Man, I told you, this is not easy. This was a children's game in 97. Yeah. Do you know the town of May 95 in your house? All right. Anyway, back to Giancarlo. Sean, you guys are still tied one apiece. One through five. Give me a Give me a question number. Which one do you want? Sean? Me? Yeah, pick one through five. I'll give you three. Three. Okay. Giancarlo, at the 1990 SummerSlam, Nikolai Volkov and Jim Duggan faced either A, Power and Glory, B, Beverly Brothers, or C, the Orient Express. Man, you know, I... Oh, man, just blowing y'all's minds here right now. Yeah, yeah, I'm being... I'm, I'm exposed right now. I don't know. I don't, I'm terrible at wrestling trivia. Um, what, were the, what were the options again? Power and Glory. Yeah. Beverly Brothers or the Orient Express. I'm going to go with A. A, that is not correct. But, yeah. Sean, I'll give you a chance to steal. Do you think it was the Beverly Brothers or the Orient Express? It would have been the Orient Express. It was, in fact, the Orient Express. That put Sean up two to one. Uh, Beverly Jay Brothers weren't there yet, I don't think. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, the process of elimination. All right. Well, Giancarlo, I'm going to let you pick one through five. If Sean gets this right, he'll be up three to one. And I think we can safely declare him the winner here. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Pick a number one through five, Giancarlo. One. All right. Uh, at the October 95 in your house, Sean, who was Mabel's opponent? Was it Yokozuna, Bam Bam Bigelow, or Diesel? In your house? October 1995 in your house. I'm going to say probably Bam Bam. That is not correct. Uh, Giancarlo, Yokozuna. I'm, I'm going to have to say it's, it's Diesel. Wow, guys! No, it was Yokozuna. What? Yeah, no. Like I knew it wasn't Kev because Kev worked with um, him at SummerSlam, Mabel. Okay. And after that, he was never going to work with him again. Okay. Wow. Remember, he dropped it, dropped on Kev's back and fucked his back up. Uh, that is correct. All right. he... Okay. Um. All right. Well, we'll do. Uh, we'll do one more here. Uh, let's go to who just it was. It was Sean there. So, Gia, Sean, pick a number one through five for Giancarlo. Two. 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 Okay. Yeah. Giancarlo, at the 94 Survivor Series, the defending WWE champion was who? 94 Survivor Series defending WWE champion. Was it Bret Hart, 
Diesel or Yokozuna? 1994 Survivor Series. Defending champion, Bret Hart. Diesel. Sean, do you know? Uh, I'm, I'm, don't say it. Don't say it. But uh, I'm going to go with Bret Hart. It was Bret Hart. It was Bret Hart. So that, that ties it up. All right. Was that the one they, we had at the Cap Center in, in Washington, or Landover, Maryland or something? I know as much as is on the card, which is uh, that Brett was the champion. So I don't appreciate being questioned and, and making myself look like a fool. All right. Wonderful. Next question. Giancarlo, one through five. Pick a name. Pick a number. We'll do three this time. All right. At the 1990 SummerSlam, who won the IC title? Was it Texas Tornado, British Bulldog, or Bret Hart? Sean, I knew this one. Oh, 1990. Nice. Uh, many 1990 questions. Yeah, ni- 1990. Who won? tough because mm, I think it was Brett. It was not Brett. Giancarlo, I'll give you a chance here to choose either British Bulldog or Texas Tornado. If you get this right, 3-2, I will cut you the winner. Who won the ice? I'm going to go with... Texas Tornado. You're correct, Giancarlo. Oh. You have won, and you there we have go. stopped Sean Waltman and his tracks down. Two to one, came back to win three to two in Titan Sports Trivia. A a wonderful achievement. Congratulations, Giancarlo. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Someday this will be the basis of a documentary that you make. will be just this <laughs> we had and everything. This is bullshit, dude. <laughs> this is, this is you bullshit because you lived through – this period and work through the, you should, they should be layups for you. I feel like, you know, oh, okay. That's the bullshit. Anyway. I, I think it was rigged pretty much. Uh, it wasn't, it was not rigged. Did you let, did you let me win? No, hell no. What the, what no, is, dude. No, Kevin, Gil, Kevin Gill lost, lost, right? Gil, Kevin Gil, all these mail in votes. Yeah. He, he won or lost Kevin Gill. I think Kevin Gill was the only, I think he lost. I think that's the only one who lost to you. I think that you won that one, Sean. Dude, I'm not doing good on these. Giancarlo. Yeah. Yeah, dude. You're like, I mean, I, everyone beats me. <laughs> well, these are, these are tricky, you know, these are tricky. 1997. And I, I, like, I would be lying if I said I, 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 I lose on purpose. Like yeah. I actually do put up a, uh, a fight on these. I don't just like put everyone over. Like these are, these are, I'm not just doing the job. So. Uh, Giancarlo, where can people go to find you, follow you, support you, all those great things right now? Uh, my, my Twitter is uh, at yeah, Giancarlo, like Y-E-A-H-G-I-A-N-C-A-R-L-O. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm usually there. That, that's about it. My Instagram, I post a photo like every couple of months. So, <laughs> hey, so Giancarlo. Yeah. Um, I've talked about this a little bit, you know, about having a couple matches. We were talking about it. Um. There's a really good chance like that, like the first match I do, I'm just going to prom- promote myself. I might maybe promote my own event. Like, so okay. I, I would love to have you involved with anything of I course. do. Yeah. Yeah. You know? let's, let's do it. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah, let's keep dude. in touch. I'm a big fan of yours, dude. I'm a, I'm a massive fan of yours. So. <laughs> you know, when I first got into wrestling, you were, you were the guy, you know, when we were on the trampoline, we were doing, you know, your spinning kick and stuff, yeah. you know? So, Man, yeah, we wanted to be you. So, <laughs> well, well, I would be so cool. Hey, it'd be so cool to work with you, and you know, and and to do this uh, this this chapter, you know, of your your career. So, well, thank you, bro. Hey, man, have an awesome day, Giancarlo. Cheers, guys. Thank Very you, Giancarlo. Take care, brother.
Appreciate it. That's it for this edition of Pro Wrestling for Life, everyone. I just want to thank Tom Campbell from Cultaholic, Giancarlo Didimo from what the fuck is he from? From heaven. From heaven. <laughs> from heaven he came down and visited us here. Yes, GTW. We really have a home right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, it's you know? just it, wherever you like, I'm pretty sure you can, you know, go a lot of places if he wants to. Oh, yeah. yeah Anyways, yeah. Yeah. So thank you to Giancarlo and uh, Tom Campbell. And uh, thank you to uh, a longtime buddy, Jimmy Corderas, for joining us today. And uh, Marsh, thank you for dropping by uh, over on Patreon. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Yeah. That's it. That's it. We've got nothing more this week at Pro Rest for Life over on Twitter. We're also on Instagram as well. Just go follow us, support us. You guys are doing a great job of that anyway. Patreon, T-shirts, it's all there. We're, all, we're constantly expanding. And the newsletter. Sign up for the newsletter. It goes out every Monday. So that's all I got. I'm, I'm at Nick Hausman over on Twitter. Thank you. That's all. Thank you, everybody. See you next week. Bye, guys.